Hey guys, it's Jacob, host of the All Things Running podcast, and I'm excited to be talking to Zach Bichon today. We had a good chat, and I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. He's a very fast athlete, um, coming from a pretty successful background ever since high school. He ran 401 in the mile this last year in 2021, and is looking to break the sub four barrier in this upcoming track season coming off of building an aerobic base in the fall so hope you guys enjoy everything and if you are enjoying the podcast be sure to support me by rating the podcast on spotify giving it a five-star review if you're not giving it five stars just don't review it (laughs) and um yeah other than that guys uh i am looking to take on more athletes for coaching uh this is a passion of mine and something i've had some success in as of late um so if you guys want to get coaching or guidance from me just feel free to reach out to me you can reach out to me at my email uh, which i have in the description so anyways having said that guys let's get into the video here in our chat with zach michon thanks for watching thanks for coming on zach it's uh it's cool to chat with you cardamone actually told me to get you on he uh he said there's a wicked fast guy on PRTC I had to check out. So I did my research. Sure enough, you're you're a pretty damn fast man. So uh yeah, I'm excited to talk with you today. Uh we'll try to probably focus on the your chase for the sub four a little bit, but I'd also like to talk about your time with PRTC and uh your origins in running. So having said that, I want to just give a quick background on you. Uh so for everyone listening, this is Zach Mekon. Is that is that how you pronounce your last name? No, it's uh, it's Mishan. Mishan. Okay, okay. Yeah. Zach Mishan. I'm sure a lot of people probably say that wrong. <laughs> was, yeah, it's there's like a billion different ways people say it. Oh man, well I'm one of those people now. Well, anyway, we got Zach Mishan here. He's a 401 miler who ran for St. Joseph's University. He had a pretty successful career ever since high school. 413 in the mile, or 1600, I suppose, and uh, 927 in the two mile. And then going into St. Joseph's University, he got you got three school records in the uh, indoor 3K with 805, outdoor 5K with 1353, and in the outdoor four by mile relay, uh, which 1651. You were the third leg. Do you remember what you ran in that by any chance? I remember it being on like like the windiest day of the spring, but it was like it was probably <laughs> 406 or 407 on there. Yeah. Okay. So you're probably one of the faster legs on the, on the relay. Um, yeah, for, for St. Joe's, but yeah, I think that whole day was kind of weird, but yeah, keep going. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We could, we could get talk on that later. Uh, also five by Atlantic 10 champion, uh, and also some other wicked fast PRs outside of those school records. Uh, you know, as fast as one fifty three nine in the 800 and, uh, 344 in the 15, and uh, four or four for the indoor mile. So I would say you had a really successful collegiate career. Um, and then coming out of college, you had some, you've done a number of performances for PRTC, but some of the ones that came out to to the internet were the uh, 2338 AK for second at the 2021 Rothman AK. And then the uh, 401 mile, obviously, that you ran at the uh, Sykes Sabak Challenge, which I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Psych Sabic Challenge at uh, State College, Pennsylvania, uh, which I, I would definitely like to talk about a little bit. Um, but, you know, now that I've gone through the times and everyone's minds are blown, uh, I'd like to hear about how you kind of got into running because I think that's something that's always interesting to hear. 
Um, when, when did he start running? Um, honestly, it was kind of like a family thing. My, both my parents were runners. My brother, who's three years older than me, was a runner. Um, and like for one season, at least, my sister was. So uh, <laughs> I basically felt like I had to. And I was kind of like on the cusp of like, oh, like, do I want to run track? Do I want to, you know, play soccer? in um in the fall but i had a lot of friends that were doing track and cross country so i kind of got roped into like the whole social part of it mm -hmm. but yeah after that you know it's like you get your first season of cross country and you know the rest is history you kind of just get like roped into indoor track outdoor track and something that you do every year and just like commit the gr like commit to the grind for mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Did your were your parents good runners or were they just kind of more casual runners? It's honestly like both of my parents are like pretty ambiguous when it comes to like their performances. Uh my mom didn't start running till like mid 30s and had mm -hmm. uh there's no record of his times anywhere and he has no idea what he ran. So, um probably fast, but I I have no idea. He doesn't even yeah. know. So. <laughs> um, when did you kind of realize that you wanted to run? Where, like, was it middle school or was it elementary school? You know, how far back did it date? Yeah, well, it's interesting because, like, I did, I did um, track in, like, seventh, eighth grade. Mm -hmm. That guy who's like, oh, if I try out for hurdles, I don't have to run at practice. <laughs> so... <laughs> I was like doing weird events like high jump and like running the hundred meter and <laughs> like testing everything just to get out of doing um like the two laps around the school or whatever like pathetic distance <laughs> that I was getting out of. Um <laughs> so uh I was like introduced to the sport in that way. Um, but I think my competitive nature kind of took over and I like realized that if I'm good at something, I'm gonna work at it and um you know like try to work my way up the totem pole a little bit mm -hmm. what did you ever have a breakthrough in your your high school career where you started to really have these top performances like your 413 mile i mean or where you kind of was a kind of a very gradual progression for you um actually i wouldn't wouldn't really call it gradual i mean like i had a really successful freshman year um I think by the time outdoor was over freshman year, I think I was, there's like a little like on mile split, everyone knows mile split. There's like a little freshman uh, ranking list for the country. And I think I was ranked like seventh or eighth in the mile that year, which was like, I ran like 426.9 or something, which put me on a pretty high level compared to like other freshmen mm -hmm. in the country at the time. So I was like pretty stoked. I was like, oh, like maybe there's like a future in this, you know, like, mm. so the, I knowing that and having that chip on my shoulder um, and getting uh, embarrassed by other freshmen, basically at the, uh, at the new balance, little national meet down in North Carolina. It was, uh, <laughs> I got to really, really uh, like put my nose to the grindstone here and see if I can beat some of these guys next year. And that kind of like took over and I just became, competitive in that aspect hmm. 
What was embarrassing about your New Balance experience? Because to me, 426 is insane coming into freshman year. <laughs> yeah, the embarrassing part was that I got out leaned for like an All-American position. <laughs> oh, okay. I basically like let up at the line because it was like really hot out. And I was like, uh. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> done. <laughs> did your coach going into the freshman year kind of see that you had a lot of potential? Like, did he tell you you'd be wicked fast? Because, I mean, that's pretty awesome um well it's it's funny actually i had um like with all due respect i had a pretty garbage coach in, <laughs> in, in, in high school sorry robbinsville oh man yeah I, up until up until like my last two seasons of high school i, I didn't really have a good coach um mm. but you know it was like oh go run four miles and then when you get back run like six 150s as fast as you can that was the basically the full extent of what I was doing mm. at that point. And I was like, I didn't know better, you know, like mm. nobody at that age knows better, like what they're doing. They just do what coach says. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And then like, I slowly started to like learn and pick stuff up as I went, um, kind of figure out the do's and don'ts. So, Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, that's interesting to hear because when you hear times like that, you'd you'd probably think that there's there's at least a decent coach, but you're saying they are garbage. So that's well, yeah. <laughs> no, it's yeah. It's uh, it was more so like it's like a lack of care kind of thing. Like it was situations where you get stuck with a um, like stuck with someone just like going through the motions of the role, not really. Like, yeah. Um, taking like a serious approach and like trying to get the kids good. It's more of just like, oh, like I work here at the school. I'm just going to do this for extra money kind of thing. Mm. So, so going, oh, sorry to interrupt. Were you going to say something? Oh, no, it's fine. Keep going. Okay. I was going to say, so probably quite the switch up going into college. I mean, I was under the impression based on my research that you had a pretty good coach in college. Would you, would you say that? That was the yeah. case? Coach, coach Glavin was, was fantastic. Yeah. He's, um, I mean, he, he took took a chance on me out of high school and um, sort of developed me into the uh, into like you know like two time three time school record holder and um, mm. some pretty fast times and compete well at the at the the national level too. So um, you know, I owe I owe a lot to him for for getting me there. Yeah. So what what did you like about his his training philosophies? Kind of what was what was different about your experience in college under your coach Glavin was it you said coach yeah coach Glavin coach Glavin yeah what was different about that experience from high school he carried this really like no bullshit policy um like he was very um well he was very like inspirational in a way because like every day at practice he would kind of open with this huge like lecture and there'd be some kind of message at the end kind of like like inspire us to to just like give everything we have to running Mm. and you know like i was kind of infatuated with the idea of just like getting better and you know like um i was like more than willing to like put in the work like given that um you know i felt like i was doing it for my teammates because um you know like having that teammate sport system and um you know, being part of something like a, like a larger movement that's, you know, bigger than yourself. Like, 
you're building up towards like the cross country uh like championship season but yeah kind of having Glavin be like a nice um like inspirational mentor through college and then um kind of having those guys around me to rally with um, definitely made a huge difference for me um but yeah Glavin Glavin as a coach like he's very old-fashioned you know he's a big big fan of just beating me into the ground if I come out on the other side but um you know sometimes that's what it takes man it sounded like you came out on the other side at least yeah no, <laughs> did you have uh did you have friends who didn't come out on the other side there was plenty yeah there's um I wouldn't call St. Joe's like a throw them to the wolves program a lot of those like big d1s but um Pit. there's definitely a level of intensity <laughs> that you had to embrace or you just get left behind yeah yeah and it's it worked for you, so you know that that's good because sometimes I think that can just break people. But I'm um, mm. happy to hear that that worked for you and really helped you to grow. What what was kind of his big focuses and and workouts? Were you guys big on the strength side of things, or were you more coming from a speed side? Given you were a, you know focusing in the mid distance. Um, it's funny. I actually, like came in to St. Joe's. Um, thinking I was a mid-distance runner, and then I ran my first cross-country race, and then he immediately went on to the roster and changed me from mid-distance to distance. <laughs> that's, that's something that stands out to me, just like a funny little uh, event that happened. But, yeah, we were a very strength-oriented program. Um, you know, the focus was always on, um, like, building the aerobic system before anything else. Um, but Glavin being super old-fashioned, he always had this tendency to think like doing lots of race pace stuff, like goal race pace. Like if you do it like enough times, it's going to get like in like ingrained into your legs on that when the race comes. Um, but it's, it's interesting. Cause like through my, my senior year and my fifth year, um, I started to take a little bit more stake in the training that I was doing. Um, I would actually kind of like sit down with my coach and talk about like, like workouts I wanted to do coming up, like prepare for this race, prepare for that race. So once I started doing that was when things like really took off. And that, that started early as sophomore year where I started to have like a little bit more stake um, in my training. So but definitely love some good strength work. Um, not to say that we didn't do any speed, but uh we definitely weren't really too concerned about speed and more just like racing into shape sometimes. Okay. So I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds to me like your coach, you know, for the freshman would kind of try to weed out the people who wouldn't <laughs> make it through the program. Like, because it sounds to me like he started to value your opinions more going into sophomore year where you said you had more stake on the team to kind of talk things out. Was it, would he, was he kind of weeding people out in that freshman year? I wouldn't say weed them out because um, yeah. it was more of like trying to get kids to buy in. More okay. Than um, you know, he was, we had a big team, you know, I think we had 72 guys on, on the track and field roster at one time. So there was a lot of people he had to, uh, to keep up with, but mm -hmm. um, it didn't seem like anyone was really left behind more. So just like his constant bombardment of of lectures trying to get people to buy in 
uh, on his vision that he had. <laughs> yeah. So this, I think now we could talk about PRTC and I kind of wanted to transition into, you know, first off coming out of college where the training was somewhat aggressive, but you did very well and, and succeeded through it. Did you con- continue getting coached under Glavin or did you kind of go off path and do your own thing or get a coach? Um, so I remember talking to Glavin when I was graduating, um, or at least like terminating my eligibility, uh, was like trying to get him to coach me, but it really just seemed like he had his hands full. He wasn't really able to give me the kind of quality that he was before. And, um, you know, him taking a very like, um, open-minded approach when it came to training, when he like talking to me about like things I wanted to do and focus on. I felt like I was confident enough in uh, what I had learned and picked up over the years to be able to train myself. Uh, so I basically wrote all the training I did um, over the past year, uh, taking a lot of aspects from what I did with him and also incorporating a lot of new stuff. I feel like I definitely trained a little bit smarter um, and like a little bit more focused in on, on, uh, on some of the goals I had. Hmm. Yeah. Did you, so, you know, he kind of thought of you as a coach Glavin kind of thought of you as more of a distance guy after you, your cross country season. Uh, do you, wh- how do you feel about that? Do you feel like you're, cause you're running four one in the mile, which is insane. Do you feel like your times at the, you know, longer distances are reflective of that or. So I didn't, in, in my personal opinion, I, I don't think I had a real cross country season until my, my senior year of college. My friend, my one of my friends and teammates, Bobby, said um, uh, I stopped being a little bitch uh, my senior year in, in, uh, in cross country because I actually started racing up to my track potential. And um, you know, I um, I just get to the line with dead legs all the time. And I just sort of cast aside the idea of being like a long distance runner. But um, you know, after some track five Ks, I was kind of like, yeah, maybe. Maybe I can do this, um, but I do. Um, actually, my Strava bio is just uh, I have mid D want to be because that's <laughs> still am. Yeah, that, that seems like where that's that's where the heart is at right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, when you run a 154, you're just under 800 in high school. I think you're going to be leaning towards the speed, maybe more so. But um, that's awesome, man. Um, yeah. Uh, Talk to me about your experience with PRTC. Kind of, how has that been? It's probably been quite a transition from college, where you had seventy-one other athletes on your roster. Um, oh yeah. You know, and and at the level you're at, I there's, I don't want to roast PRTC, but I don't feel like there's a lot of people, at least in the speed side of things, that are running near your times. Like, I mean, there's fast people, but not like four hundred one fast. So, how has that experience yeah. been with PRTC? You know, are you training a lot alone, or are you still having overlap with teammates? So one thing I would say is definitely lonely. Um, There is a lot of stuff I have to do by myself, you know, like obviously, you know, there's a, like there's a wider range of people you can run with when you're just doing like distance runs and long runs and stuff. But when it came to workouts, I pretty much was in my own workout group and I was doing a lot of my own stuff and I was getting out on some Friday mornings alone to do stuff. And, um, you know, it was like, 
it felt like everything I was doing was just like on me, you know, and it was, I kind of liked it in a flexibility standpoint, but you know, obviously I do miss like the track side camaraderie when you're, uh, when you're like with all your teammates dying in some workout. Um, but I will say being able to share the track, even if I'm not directly working out with people has been really nice and a really uh, good motivator mm. for, you know, just going out there and getting, getting the work done. Um, mm. you know, I still, even if I'm not working out with people directly, I still go to every, every Tuesday night track session. Um, I'll be out there at 7am on the river for dawn patrol tempos. And, um, yeah, it's just like, I've, I'm still present every step of the way for the, uh, for the club. Yeah. I think even when, even if you don't necessarily have someone to work out with it, just being in that atmosphere with other people working out, working hard, I think is usually sufficient. Although I, at the level you're training, I can imagine it be, it can be pretty tough, especially for some of those really fast race specific lactate type of workouts. I'm sure you're, you're doing to try to break that sub four. I mean, is that what, what workouts do you find are the hardest to do alone when you're, when you're trying to chase the sub four mile? Um, probably like any kind of interval training. Um, whenever you're trying to run race pace stuff, cause when you're training race pace, um, which in this case, you know, like we'll say like mile pace, um, you're usually used to running that kind of stuff in a race where you have somebody in front of you or some kind of competitive edge over you to, to kind of run those paces. So, mm. you know, if you're trying to run the race you are in or the run the pace that you're trying to uh compete at when you're when you're in an actual race by yourself and it's it gets a little hard and you know like sometimes you think about adding another 10 seconds to your rest or something <laughs> but uh but yeah that's definitely been been a tough aspect um, yeah i actually have no problem going out and doing like 10 or 12k worth of threshold on the track by myself on a Friday. Um, as odd as that sounds, you know, like just me in the track is, is sometimes pretty therapeutic, especially mm. as longer, not as intense aerobic stuff. Are you doing your workouts in the evening uh, for your workout days? Yeah. So Tuesday night is usually when we meet up at the track and then Friday, depending on what I have going on that day. Um, I'll be either working out early in the morning or um, I've been able to get out in the afternoon sometimes. Okay. What's your preference for, for workout time, morning or evening? <laughs> not in the morning. I'm not yeah. a guy, you know. I yeah. become a coffee drinker till this year because I've been to get out in the morning too many times. Mm. Yeah. Do, do you get the lights on at the night too when you, when you go on the track? Do they have the lights on? No, sometimes – Actually, most of last year, we were working out in, uh, like, pitch black uh, oh. on the Roxborough track <laughs> over in, uh, like, Roxborough, Maniunk. Uh, oh, man. In the winter, nothing nothing better than just going, like, 20 degrees with 15-mile-per-hour winds in the pitch black, uh, dark, and just trying to hammer a workout. You know, it makes it tough. <laughs> absolutely it's got to make you tough and one thing i um kind of have heard through the web through prtc is that some you guys have had troubles with 
with securing a track, like a consistent track to go to for your workouts, because uh, recently you kind of lost a connection with someone from Temple. So like it's, you don't get on that track as much. I might be wrong in saying that, but how has that been? Have you had to bounce around a lot or have you had a consistent place to work out as of late? So in the heat of COVID and everything, we were at Roxboro. Um, Temple opened up their community hours, which is um, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, at the at the track. So that's when we transitioned over to there when that was available. And we actually just um, nailed down Franklin Field for Tuesday nights. Oh, that's sweet. Which is fantastic because that's that's an awesome place to work out. Absolutely. That's awesome, dude. They would, they'd probably have lights for you too. You wouldn't have to work out in the pitch black. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Let's talk about your chase for the sub four. Um, so I did some research and I found that you were originally going to race in Boston for your sub four attempt. And that, that kind of fell through because of, uh, travel or delays or something. What, yeah. What exactly happened big, there? Yeah. There was a big snowstorm up in Boston and they, postponed the i think it was a terrier classic um they they moved it to like a sunday and stuff and with travel and work and everything like i probably logistically couldn't make it work so i was like screw it i'm signing up for this random penn state race and i'm gonna go run a mile but um it's interesting because i actually showed up to that race and realized that um a lot of other teams had the same idea. So Princeton, um, Nova, and like a few other teams that were actually penciled in to go to Terrier Classic actually pivoted and ended up going to the same meet at Penn State. Hmm. Um, and there was a, actually the heat right before me um, had like four guys or something. Oh, and Penn, Penn was in there. Um, had guys go under, under four. But um, but where the where the T comes in is that as a um, post collegiate running unattached or with a club, you kind of get out of those big races for yeah. favoring the collegiate guys, especially when it's like like a big name team like Nova or Penn. Um, so actually, I got I got booted out of the first heat into the second heat. Which is which was a huge shame because I I like given the race that I had that day, um, which I'll get into in a bit. Uh, I definitely could have ran like three fifty eight. I think like fitness, mm -hmm. but so to dive into the race a little bit, um, there was just like some dude from Penn State offered to offered to pace my heat. And took me through 800 and like kind of slow, like 201, 202. And I left all with like open track in front of me after that. So every time I would come around, uh, I would just like be like looking at the clock, like racing the clock. So mm. I, I remember like 200 to go. I was like, I had to run a lap under 30 and I just like, was like kind of getting there, but then I literally tied up the the last like thirty meters, and I and I uh, just missed it. Um, oh man! Oh, uh, or whatever it was. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, that that has to hurt a little bit. I mean, it was a huge PR, PR for you. I mean, I think it was like over, almost four seconds PR. Um, so and I feel like that's a tough place to be where, you know, you ran a really good time, but you, you still thought you had more in you if you had been in the heat prior. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I basically ran half that race alone, like totally alone, just looking at the clock, which you know, everyone knows as well as I do that running alone, you know, takes away that competitive edge, but also like uh, you're doing all the work for yourself. And it mm-hmm. tends, to, tends to make you fatigue a little bit earlier. Yeah. Uh, I knew, I knew from like a fitness standpoint that I was like in fitness for well under four. Um, but I was just going to have to do it somewhere that winter. What, what, um, what sort of told you that you you had the fitness to go under four going in, in that training block leading up to that that mile? Uh, was it any um, particular workout, or was it just everything was going well? Like every workout was you were hitting them. See, it's kind of weird because I like I only did three weeks of training after my training block. Before that, mm-hmm. I did like a few like mile pace three hundred kind of thing two weeks out and some aerobic stuff and I actually didn't know what kind of fitness I was in so that was a big I'm just gonna see where I'm at kind of um and the legs were feeling good and everything um but I had a monster base coming out of the fall so I definitely had that under my belt when I was going in um you know the leg speed was uh snapped back into my legs when it needed to and um kind of worked out in that in that way i think what what was your fall training block was that a cross-country block for you yeah yeah it was i trained all the way up through um club cross nationals and then i took okay week off or so out of curiosity what what was the time you you ran to close off your cross-country season oof it was (laughs) uh, i i'm just gonna leave that for if people want to (laughs) see results go look up the it was down in Tallahassee and it was not fast <laughs> okay okay it was, it was hottest day in in um history in December in Tallahassee okay I think I heard bad things about that one yeah oh, it was a disaster for everybody in the race <laughs> yeah I saw I think I was seeing some of the PRTC guys uh stories like Ethan Herman and a lot of them were just just talking about how hot <laughs> it was and, and terrible yeah, um, it was fun. <laughs> so after you ran that 401, were you kind of like, I gotta go again, like I'm I'm there, or did you want to take a break at that point and kind of relax for a little bit, reset? I was like, I need to get this, I need to race another mile like ASAP, is what I thought. Cause you know, a lot of people say strike the iron when it's hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was eager to get another mile. So two weeks later, at uh, I think it was the Valentine invitation at Boston, um, I went at it again and ended up actually getting trips and race of um, seven hundred in or something. Ugh. that's that's unfortunate, man. So did you did you call your season after that, or did you did you kind of continue train more? Two weeks later, got another mile <laughs> up in Boston. Um, this time, 
real bad pacing. Pacer took us out in 204. Um, came back in like 157 and ended up with another 401. Mm. Uh, can't trust these pacers. <laughs> man, you need a good pacer. We need to get you a good pacer, man. <laughs> That's not even the end of the bad pacing. If you want to ask about the uh, Delaware Mile Challenge, which I'm actually wearing the shirt, ironically. There it is. Dude, tell me about it. I want to hear about it. So, I mean, after after the third mile indoors, I was pretty much like, all right, I'm just going to call it a season. You know, there's not much left after that uh, Boston last chance meet. But um, I remember uh, Joe Compag, the uh, uh, old coaches from Monmouth, who I think he's transitioned into kind of meet directing now reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to be part of this, uh, this, this mile field. They're going for the, the first sub four mile in Delaware soil. Um, you know, they're getting people like Sam Parsons because he was at his high school, was at Tattnall High School. Um, and Casey Comer and all the, um, all the goons over at Under Armour. Oh, is that where Sam Parsons set the Delaware record? The state? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So you're yeah, the heat so- before then? No, I was I was in that race. You were in that race. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, continue. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, put we put our trust in the pacer, and um, I think it was Jackson Lewis at the time was the pacer. Takes us through in two oh three ish. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was um, that one was cutting it close though. Actually. I ended up placing fourth in that race. Actually, I'm very happy with the placement. I think um, being able to run with those with those guys mm-hmm. uh, in the spring was like a really big confidence booster for me. But um, you know, once again, edging that sub four, um, it was like four flat point five three or something. I don't wow. know the exact time. Oh man! But Dude. just another one of those in my back pocket. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. This tracing sub four runner clout. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, dude. Right when you break sub four, you're going to gain like 10K followers on your Instagram. I hope so. <laughs> Actually, oh, Strava. Follow me on Strava. That's follow, <laughs> I'll put his Strava in the chat at the end of this, guy. So definitely go give him a follow for sure. Follow his training. Uh, speaking of, uh, we only got about six minutes left, so it's going to kick us out. But we'll get into a fun section. But first, I just want to hear kind of what, what you're – are you trained for anything right now? What's kind of on the horizon for you in terms of racing? And is that sub four mile in your mind right now? Or are you kind of taking a break to train for fall, like cross country stuff? Um, just trying to become an aerobic machine again, like I did last fall. But um, Rothman and uh, Club Cross are the only two big guys on the schedule right now. I don't really like road racing that much. So it's more of just a focus to get ready for track season. Okay, so even in your cross country training, you're still kind of thinking about your track season. So that's yeah, kind of the priority always, for you. It's always in the back of my mind. <laughs> and is that kind of reflected in your training during the fall season? Like, are you going to be doing some faster workouts, kind of more specific to? Okay, just all aerobic. Nah, yeah, it's just like just building the aerobic engine because then you could just stack everything on top after. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. Let's get into a. Uh, more fun section here and then 
we'll let you go. We only got about four minutes and 30 seconds. So we'll make this quick, but uh, All right. <laughs> uh, basically I'll just tell you one or the other and you'll choose what your preference is. So I think all right, you'll get it. So, good. all right. So track or road track. That's pretty obvious for you. Uh, indoor <laughs> or outdoor track. Was indoor prior to this year, but I think outdoor. Okay. Uh, 1500 meter or 1600 meter or third option, actual mile, 1609. Actual mile. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not metric. <laughs> <laughs> None of that metric stuff. Uh, cross country or track. Track. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, split shorts or half tights? Splitties. Okay. I respect that. Uh, running hat or no hat? Only when it's raining. Okay. Uh, tempos or speed work? Speed work every time. Yeah. Long runs or workouts? Workouts. Okay. 800 or 5K? That's a tough one. <laughs> I, I knew that was going to be tough for you. That's why I, I made it. I love a good 800, but, you know, I, I like, I feel like I'd be betraying people if I said 800. So I'll, I'll say 5K. <laughs> when's, when's the last time you did an 800 out of curiosity? Um, years. I mean, I, I've done them in workouts, but okay. like I've never towed the line in 800 since like my junior year of college or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, anyways, continuing. Uh, giving kudos to everyone or only to, you know, the eye candy workouts? Um, I distribute kudos how I see fit. <laughs> but um, if someone rips a workout, I got to throw them kudos. Okay. Uh, conservative racing or front running? Smart racing. Smart racing. Okay, good answer. You know, it's no, not front, an answer, but it, okay. If you had to choose front running, okay. Uh, Sunday long runs or Saturday long runs? Sunday. Only psychos do long runs on Saturdays. Oh, I totally disagree, but you know what? <laughs> it's about you, so I want this. Church of the Sunday long run. <laughs> uh, and lastly, training or racing? Training. I like that. Me too, man. All the way. Champions um, are made when nobody's watching. <laughs> I like that, man. I like that. I'm going to quote that one when I when I make my podcast thumbnail. Um, anyway, so we got two minutes left. So, you know, just to close, what do you got to say for all the people out there who, oh, there's there's not many of them, but all the people who want to break sub four in the mile who are close and are trying to get it? It's really hard. And it's a very exclusive club. <laughs> also, follow me on Strava. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Michon wants to follow on Strava. Everyone go follow him. I'll put the Strava in the, ch in the chat. Is there anything else you want me to put in there? Your Instagram? Oh, I, I could throw your Instagram in there if you want. It's yeah, cloud on well. Instagram. <laughs> Just boost my clout as much as you can. <laughs> yes. This with the uh, sub four mile you run next year, it's it's going to happen. Uh, anyway, thanks for coming on, Zach. This was fun. And uh, yeah, I hope your training goes well. Best of luck with uh, cross country season and let me know how it goes. All right. Cheers, man. Yeah. Cheers. Have a good one.